Thanking rights. And just like that, episode two in the house, literally in the house right now. <laughs> We're snowed in. We're, <laughs> I mean, not Eric, uh, Eric Snowden. Is that the guy that was running away? Um, yes, the, Edward yeah. Snowden. Edward Snowden, Eric Snowden. Yes. <laughs> Eric. That's his I, evil twin brother. What am I talking about? Anyway, Jesus. welcome. It is episode two of Spanking Rights. Here we, we are. We were supposed to have two feet of snow, and I think we have two inches on the ground outside. But confirmed, my mother said that the roads are bad, so it's better than two inches. <laughs> it's thicker than two inches. <laughs> or the the slippery scale <laughs> compares to two inches. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe there's a ratio. Sure. I don't know. Maybe it's more icy than it is snowy. Maybe maybe everyone's just stayed in and there are no snow plows out there. Well, we're not meteorologists. We are amateur podcasters. <laughs> My name's Johnny. Who are you? My name's Izzy. My name's Alyssa. This is Joseph. In case you forgot from episode one, in case you couldn't re-listen to episode one and get catch our names, but here we are and uh. Yeah, a lot, to, uh, a lot on the docket tonight. Alyssa, you're our official note taker. I am the official note taker. So what do, you, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, last episode, Izzy talked about why we're called spanking rights, and then we never talked about it. So I think that Johnny and Izzy should talk about how they came up with the name spanking rights and how it got adopted by all of Team Tango. Well, Alyssa, it started in this very house. This is true. <laughs> and... uh a we, lot of things started in this house. <laughs> a lot of a lot of origin stories here at Tango headquarters, and not to confuse everybody, but we have Tango HQ and Team Tango. It's a, it's us as well, but that's not what we're going by. But that's our volleyball team name, Team Tango, in honor of our lovable dog, Spikes for Tango. She's staring at me right now in the corner of the living room. But spanking rights that came out to be because, and it, it's. I wish I had a super long story, but the reality <laughs> is we were just like, hey, you know what? If you're dating somebody and you're a teammate of theirs, as long as there's consent, you can spank them on and off the court. <laughs> you have the you, right to spank you them. You have the right to spank them at any time you want. So let's call this spanking rights. Can confirm that I spanked Joseph when we were playing volleyball. <laughs> Did you in your tournament tonight? Uh, last <laughs> night, but Yes. We got spanked. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. What? That means they lost <laughs> for anyone who did not get spanking the in this sense lingo. is not good. You don't want to be spanked by the you don't want to be spanked by the The spanky. <laughs> <laughs> the spanky is not a good position to be in. Not when unless you like it. Ooh. We were so frustrated last night. We came home and we were so upset just in general, not necessarily with each other. I know I was upset with myself because I haven't been I'm not a doubles player. I only started playing doubles this year. I'm not very good at it. And I know Joseph's very good at it. And so I know it frustrates him when I play with him. Um, so How I do you feel about that, Joseph? Pretty upset about that. <laughs> well, I just hate losing. It's just the worst. <laughs> it's yes, not though. useful. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, especially when you're losing to people that you know you should beat. I mean, that's when it's, you know, that sums up the feeling right there. But Alyssa, you're you're hard on yourself because I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but you're recovering from ACL surgery and you have a shoulder problem right now. And playing double sand is not the not the time to have any nagging injuries. No, it's really not. There's a lot of running around that you have to do, and you have to be swinging the whole time. Both of which 
hurt a lot. I am limping today from how much I used my knee last night. But it doesn't mean that I don't feel bad because I want Joseph to win and I want to be supportive of him winning. And I really wish I could be the partner to support him that way. Oh. Well, now I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) How important is it now, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the important thing is to spend time with your honey. So also good. You knelt at the end of the bed in like complete silence for 10 minutes last night because you were (laughs) so upset and frustrated. (laughs) Well, part of that, too, was uh, some of the people that we played. Like, you're supposed to call your own doubles if you handset. And uh, this one guy, he just had some of the worst sets that I've seen and just mm. just kind of just kept going on, didn't, you know, didn't care at all. And and the part of the that he had, she was actually a really good hitter. And so it was even more frustrating because just as kind of a, you know, kind of a rule, you don't block a girl unless you're a girl. Mm. And so they would get some pretty good swings and off some really terrible sets and you're just kind of like, I don't know, just really frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to clarify too, because this was something I learned moving to Colorado that yeah, I didn't hear this rule hardly ever back in Illinois, but when you set the balls minimal to no spin whatsoever. And so I'm, I'm guessing this guy, it was just, they were trash blatantly they- spinning off axis constantly joseph is the sets master for all of you who don't know (laughs) he is and this player was they were rotating they were you could see his hands hit one and then the other when he was setting it was really really bad and then he pretended to be nice to me afterwards just made me more frustrated with him in general and Joseph was trying to tell me, he's like, oh, you know, we got seated low. We got seated low. Like, it's not like, you know, that's just how they play the seat. I'm like, but in reality, it's still an A tournament, not a double A, but it's still an A tournament. We should not be playing at a level where that's acceptable. No. What it comes down to, yeah, you're supposed to call it yourself. And volleyball is interesting in that way that you call your own mistakes, or at least you're supposed to. And people get mad as (laughs) they should if you're not, if you're doing it incorrectly. At least the games we play without refs. Yeah, like if you play sixes, uh, sand at, at the island, for example, they actually have a ref probably for that reason, just because, you know, with four people, like you know, it's probably not going to get out of hand. Mm-hmm. But if you had a six-on-six team where there was, you know, I can't imagine a fight breaking out, but you know what I mean. So they just have the ref right. kind of be the bad guy in that situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I played indoor sixes, they had refs as well. Mm-hmm. There was one ref. There was sometimes there were refs where I was just super mad because they were making calls they shouldn't have made. <laughs> <laughs> That's another can That's of worms. That's the trouble with refs. <laughs> they ruin um, everything. If if your team loses, it's the refs' fault. Damn it! <laughs> Every <laughs> single time. Always. Except I do give a pass to the Saints a couple years ago with that blatant cool. missed pass interference call. Like you teach a five year old what pass interference is by showing them that play because the guy clocked him way before he even caught the ball. Yeah, and I, I read a story a little bit afterwards that the player himself was like, he knew that it was pass interference. He did it just to stop the touchdown. But he was just as surprised <laughs> as everybody else that he didn't get called. Don't hate the player, hate the game, hate the missed ref. Most uh, refs are good, though. I know. It, yeah. yeah, most of the time it's not the ref's fault, but everybody can't take it when their team loses. <laughs> I have to accept year in and year out that no amount of refing is going to help the Bears quarterback situation. <laughs> so here's 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 where I'm at right now. 
Nobody likes to assume responsibility for their own team's misfailures, whether you're watching your favorite hometown sports team or whether you're playing on a team. Nobody likes to accept that you're failing. Mm. I've always found, especially in volleyball, that it seems like the ball has like a truth of its own. So often the ball doesn't lie. <laughs> so whenever, you know, maybe you called the ball in when it was actually out, then you'll lose the next point. Yeah. At least in my experience, <laughs> that I, happens a lot. I hold to that too. Um, but I find that it's more of a 50, 50, mm. um, because there's some where I'm like, that was definitely out. And then we still lose the next point. And that's just the way the game goes. Maybe it depends on willpower. Like if you feel the guilt hard enough. <laughs> Maybe it's just a placebo. <laughs> well, here's a case for me when it wasn't really a ref or really anything that was even remotely close. But a c- couple weekends ago at Wash Park, one of the guy on another team, blat- like didn't just graze the net, yanked it down. Oh, yeah. You saw it tug. And then people kept like hitting the ball. And I was waiting for someone to be like, okay, net. And... Like it kept going and it like bounced over to me and I was just gathering the ball because I thought it was an obvious net violation. It hits the ground. They start cheering and I grab it going back to serve. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, you yanked on the net, dude. And they got mad at me for like, well, that happened like five hits ago. And I'm like, you're supposed to call net when you (laughs) grab it and yank on it. It wasn't even It was like, it was like a stupid kid play. I mean, we, I took that point and then we still won by about nine points anyway. Weren't you so guys playing recreationally that day? That was at Wash Park. Yeah, just that was just like a meetup with a bunch of, yeah. I purposefully try not to play in recreational sports just because they make me super frustrated. I am extremely competitive and even... Really? W- <laughs> in a fun way. Anyways. Rude. Well, it's I also kind of dangerous as well. It can um, be super dangerous. One of our friends... A couple of years ago, they were playing rec on July 4th and someone ran into her and broke her rib <gasps> going for a ball. I really try not to play rec only because of the injury. People don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to run for a ball. They don't know, like they don't have spatial awareness. They don't know how to call balls. You just end up running into each other. You have blatant disregard for rules and I like rules. Mm. No, we only played with one group that was so bad that we played one game. And left that group because... It was actually the um, people we were meant to meet at the park. And we played one game with them and we were like, ah, actually, we're going to go meet our... New play with friends. our impromptu Because they, they, most of that group knew how to play. Even the team that yanked on the net, they were solid. But it was just that was like a blatant thing that I couldn't believe nobody called. And I gathered it because I was like, that's a obvious net violation. They didn't seem to think so or <laughs> care to call it. And then got mad at me for acknowledging it. It's like, you can't, okay, it happened five hits ago, but that doesn't. That doesn't disqualify the infraction. I think it's better when it's an immediate, hey, net or hey, hands. Because after that guy did his hands last night, she hit the ball and she like welded it. But I dodged it because I was like, I'm not going to waste my time passing a ball when there's an obvious hands violation and they went and got another ball on their own side of the court to serve again. <gasps> and one of the spectators behind me, because I was looking at Joseph, just disbelief. completely shocked and in disbelief that they were going to continue to serve the ball. And one of the spectators behind me goes, you need to call their hands. So I turn around and I go, hands? 
hands much? <laughs> and they kind of like looked at each other and like kind of hemmed and hawed. And then she finally rolled the ball back, but they didn't really say anything. But I knew they were irritated that I called their hands. I mean, this thing had like an orbit. It spun so much. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it was worse than a lot of indoor sets that I've seen called. Well, we we were calling all of our doubles and when we were playing indoor. Yeah, but that was that was beach rules, so it was kind of more beachy. Whatever. <laughs> Volleyball's a beach. I'll just step out of here after that terrible pun. But <laughs> let's let's. So I want I want to end on one positive thing from the wash park experience, and we can get on to our next point. But everyone there was amazed at Izzy. She's amazing. She's she, an incredible I'm, player. I know this, but people found out they they learned that day that oh. this five three mighty mouse. Has a better swing than just about anybody there. She can crush uh-huh. the ball. We, w- I was editing volleyball videos from when we were playing fours in October today. And if you want to go check them out, they're on TikTok. They're on our Instagrams, at Spanking Rights. You can find them in both places. Izzy is digging the ball left and right. She has the incredible these incredible ups. She is an all-around amazing player. Told you uh-huh. she's a sexy, nimble cat. I said that last episode. I'll I'll say it again. But there were yeah, there were guys there that were just dumbfounded how you can get above the net. And they're like, they have a I'm like if I had her swing, I'd be dominant. It's like I know the feeling, bruh. I don't want to let my size limit me, you know? It's a mental construct. <laughs> <laughs> and for clarification, all co ed plays on a men's height net. That's it, like Skyler one time he walked in after I um Stumbled onto his court not too long before. Skyler is a pro player with AVP, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, oh, wow, you hit better on a men's net than you do on a women's. Like, kind of um, bashing my hits from the previous day, but also complimenting my hitting in general. I don't so know I what to do funny. with a women's net anymore. <laughs> Block with your head. <laughs> Block with your face. Get in their psyche literally with your head and get into their Just head. Head about it straight down. Which, getting into their head is kind of what I had to do when Johnny, Izzy, and Joseph introduced me into rock climbing, Mm -hmm. um, which is more of an individualized sport than it is a team sport, but it's still very physically demanding. And for me, it was very mentally demanding as well. And all three of them are so much better than I am when it (laughs) comes to rock climbing that I felt very inadequate getting started, but... Johnny was trying to coach me and how to climb. I found it super encouraging. I wasn't listening to anybody else in the gym. I guess it made most sense to me because we're similar in height. Mm-hmm. And so when you were like, you need to put your foot there, I'm like, oh, I can reach my foot there. Whereas Joseph, who's all legs, <laughs> and then <laughs> you're Izzy, leggy. And then Izzy, who can do these stupid gravity defying <laughs> leaps and stretches. Um, I don't stretch in half like Izzy does mm. to reach <laughs> rocks. Makes me mm. so mad how flexible Izzy is. Because <laughs> you'll be trying to help me out when I'm on a tough route. For me, 5'11s. I can do 5'11s. 5'11s to 5'12 is really where it starts pushing my boundary. For those of you who don't know, the ranking um, for high climbs is 5'6 uh, to 5'5. 5'5. 5'5 to 5'5. They go up to like 5'5 infinity. Technically, it goes up to however hard someone can climb. Like they'll, they keep finding harder routes to climb and making a higher rating. So what's the highest right now? 16? The highest anyone's ever climbed. I'd have to, I can Google search that real quick, but. But I think for like the indoor gym, the gym that we all go to and have memberships to, I think the highest one that I've seen is a five, like 14. Yeah. 
The first thing Google says is based solely on grade. The world's hardest sport climb is currently silence, which is a 515D. Silence. The route's called silence. I don't know where it is. 515D, that's monstrous. Wow. Right. So from a ladder to basically a straight up wall, finding the tiniest little um, ledge dustings you can think of and pulling yourself up by like not even a finger pad. That's the range, but we climb kind of lower to middle. <laughs> I started where I was not even able to top five sevens. I felt really good in a five, five, of course, because it's basically like you said, it's a ladder and five sixes were challenging. And then the five seven was I could get about halfway up and then I was just done for. And I haven't gone in a month because as Johnny mentioned earlier, I have a shoulder injury right now. Need that to climb. And it hurts a lot, so I'd rather not aggravate it by climbing on top of playing volleyball. But we were climbing, and I think I topped a 5'9". Yeah, I, I think, think by I topped, the end, yeah. I think I topped a couple 5'9s, actually, that night, which for me felt like a huge jump from where I started. I think uh, with climbing, and Johnny and I have kind of had this debate for before, is there's a couple factors like strength, endurance, and technique. I think they kind of play into each other of, you know, if you're strong enough, you could pull up yourself on almost any climb. That's but not if, me. <laughs> versus like technique where if you know what you're doing, you can save a lot of strength and endurance. Mm. Also not me. So <laughs> it will be. It, it will it be. It can be you. It can be. <laughs> I can't wait to go back. I miss it so mm. much. Right? I've missed it so much this last month and a half. Climbing's a little bit addicting because you are always progressing because you're always getting stronger every time you go. And um, I know for me, there's always a problem that's perhaps just out of my reach that I know that I can do, but it's, I'm just not quite there yet. And that pushes you on somehow. And so, and it's really fulfilling because you're completing a challenge every time, even if it's a low rating you're still completing it. And that feeling of completion is also addicting. It's the same kind of thing when you play video games and there's a really hard boss that kicks your ass like 15 times in a row and you finally beat him. Like, I mean, technically the, the boss is 15 and one against you, <laughs> but for the sake of the game, you're the victor, you're the champion. And when you top a route for the first time, it's, I can't think of another better metaphor for not giving up and, conquering a feat i don't know like in video games we were trying to play a video game last weekend and after three times the boss killed me i threw the remote at joe <laughs> and said you do it i'm so <laughs> done with this we're all built differently <laughs> <laughs> but if it comes to climbing i just want to keep doing it i remember when um it was i think it was like new year's around early J january and there was a five seven that I was trying to be, and I think I tried that route six, seven, or eight times. I wanted it so badly, and I didn't get it. And they switched the route before we could go back. But wow. I felt more self satisfied with that than I do playing video games. That's that's probably the worst part of the of climbing is when you're working on a project and you're like, all right, I'll come back to it later, and then they change the route so you don't get to do it. <laughs> that's. The I was biggest so frustrated. The biggest deflating thing within climbing. But kind of back to what you were saying, Joe, about uber good technique. I mean, I know people, I remember a little girl back in Illinois that couldn't even do one pull-up, but could climb 512. And so it's all just about steady grip and 
being nimble and getting very creative on the route. You don't need to be the strong. Our strength helps. I mean, we can't all be Magnus Mitbo and do one-arm muscle-ups. That would make <laughs> climbing really easy, but... <laughs> Just, but a lot of it is technique and finding the best way to balance yourself mm -hmm. and put pressure on areas evenly. Yeah, and and some people there's some even bouldering. So bouldering is completely different. It's a it's instead of five point, it's a V zero to V, I think V sixteen is the hardest anyone's ever climbed. And I've done a couple V sixes, but it all depends. Some I like big shouldery wide wingspan things. And is a you like nimble cat footwork problems and traversing traversing little flexibility moves mm -hmm. that I can't even imagine doing <laughs> without a hernia. Well, I think um, that being said, you're better at bouldering generally because bouldering is more about strength. I mean, technique helps too, but um, high climbs, you can get away with just using really good technique the whole time and then you won't wear yourself out. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some i mean we're pretty similar in level right now not in bouldering but in high climbs but there are some high climbs that i have gotten that you haven't but most of the boulders that we do you can get that i can't because they're mostly upper body strength that i haven't quite acquired yet mm. let it be known you've only been seriously climbing consistently for about a half a year and are already at my level if not in a lot of cases above my level and top rope climbing as long as i can hold on mm. long enough like in my yeah i feel like i'm really good at like trying to compliment you. <laughs> thank you you're so sweet you're the perfect build you're tiny but strong she's tiny but, but mighty yes she's petite and beautiful beautiful <laughs> beautiful anywho i'm gonna one more little tip and then i say we go to a break true but i actually have a question for you about climbing when we yeah. come back from break Oh, okay. We can definitely do that. Alyssa's question I coming do. up I do after a, a word from our good friend, Nick Panev. Actually, it's from another person. It might be me <laughs> doing the commercial for that, my friend, Nick Panev. That voice <laughs> sounds familiar. It'll sound eerily familiar. You but can also listen to him on Denver Radio and K on Cozy 101.1 and KYGO. Wasn't said right, but. <laughs> you know what? I am not a radio You're not a radio personality. <laughs> We're going to a commercial break right now. Wow, the universe is so large. Look at all that space. And I seem so small in comparison. Come to think of it, my knowledge of space is just as small. Universe? Deep space forces? How can I better understand you? Why don't you check out the, the Orbital, Orbital Alliance? Alliance? Run by my good friend, Nick Panev. Have your brain wrinkled over space knowledge that you didn't even know was there. Like, do you know the difference between a constellation and an asterism? Chances are you've mistaken the two. Or what about what actually goes on at the International Space Station? And can I seriously capture photos of it? Nick and the Orbital Alliance want everyone to be able to go to space one day. So until commercial space flights become available, and believe me, that day is coming sooner than you think, prepare yourself with as much space knowledge as you can. If anything, you'll win some trivia over your comrades. Reach for the stars with the Orbital Alliance. Become an orbiter and check out his videos on YouTube and make sure to subscribe. You can also follow the Orbital Alliance on Instagram and Twitter. And he'll see you and me on the other side. All right, guys, welcome back. My question wasn't super exciting, but I do want to bring it up. 
our first date for Joseph and I was we went outdoor rock climbing. So I haven't been indoor climbing since college and I hadn't been climbing at all since. And it was a really anxiety inducing experience for myself. <laughs> but was it like um, trust bonding? for you? It two? was trust bonding. And I actually found a psychology report later on that said if you really want your partner to like you just starting off that you should take them to an anxiety inducing <laughs> experience. <laughs> it was all a ploy. It was what? a blend. <laughs> to make them rely on you and trust you. But my question for you guys was, was what date number was that? And how did that experience help your guys' relationship? Because I know for us it was the pretty big foundation. But for you guys, I know it was a few dates in. So I just wanted to know how that affected you guys. Well, I definitely concur that climbing is a really good first date. Outdoor climbing like that, that's a lot to throw at her. And I'm glad she toughed through it and is still still likes you, Joe. After s- sitting on the rock almost in tears because I was having a <laughs> panic attack, but yes. I know, I was pretty surprised that you were brave enough to do it. So. But you helped her through it. You went up there and like coached her down. It's true, I did it get up to the top. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> and she... Uh, <laughs> She was up there, like, kind of stuck, and I guess to me they were pretty easy climbs. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so she was up there, and she's like, oh, I'm, I don't know what to do. And I was like, oh, just grab that there. There's a handhold there. And, and she's like, oh, okay. And she started to get more confident after that, I think. Which was good because I was hyperventilating when he crawled. He was on the route next to me, and when he got to where I was, and I was standing there, and I was trying to control my breathing because I was... <gasps> He didn't startle you, did he? He didn't okay. startle me. I was aware. <laughs> that wouldn't have helped anything if you just came up next <laughs> to her like, hey, do that. Jesus, Joe. What? <laughs> uh, just, just to clarify a bit. So there there was two climbs about 10, 15 feet af- apart from each other. So we could meet up, you know, later on during the climb. So, so they were both climbing at the same time. And Johnny or I was playing. You were playing me, Izzy. I mm. was playing Alyssa. Johnny was playing Joe. There was also a river down and off the... It's by Idaho the Springs. Yeah, yeah, there's a big rushing river through the mountains. So... It's gorgeous. It's kind of daunting once you're up there because you're almost on a cliff. But it's beautiful. It was beautiful, but I wasn't used to it at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to climb. And so to just be like, here, climb this rock. I was a little bit intimidated. I got up to this one point, and it was about, I don't know, like a third of the way up. I didn't know where to put my hands next or where to put my feet next. And I started to breathe heavy and all of my internal, everything started to shut down. And I was starting to get into fight or flight mode, peak panic attack anxiety. And that's when Joseph came up. So I'd actually like to hear like how that helped your relationship moving forward before we answer that question. For me, it meant that he was able to be calm when I was not. I have had panic attack so bad that I've refused to get out of bed because I felt there was an irrational notion that if I got out of bed the world was going to end Mm. and I know in my head that that's irrational but in that moment it feels very real and this panic attack was not anything like that it was at the very beginning stages of it and I was starting to get to a very like irrational like what if I never can come down what if the rope gets stuck and Joseph was like hey you just need to do you know, this step, this step, and this step. And he was very calm and just very patient with me and encouraging. And to me, that was like, okay, I can trust him to help guide me when I can't guide myself. It did, what that psychology report said, is that that anxiety-inducing out-of-my-comfort-zone 
forced me to put more trust into him than I probably would have if it wasn't that experience. I think that makes Joe like the perfect IT guy because you're always calm about everything. <laughs> Whenever everyone's freaking out about their computer, you're just like, guys, chill, I got this. And turned out to be a very admirable quality about you from what from the sounds of it, from what I'm hearing. Well, I appreciate that. Um, well, I, I actually didn't know that she was freaking out at the time. I just was climbing up and saw that she had got stuck. And <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, you doing okay over there? Like, what? What can I do to... I told you I wasn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very not okay, Joe. <laughs> it is not okay. We're not good. Um, but I, I guess for me, like, because I mean, I've, I've had maybe not, you know, serious panic attacks, but panic attacks, I think everyone's had at least in some form. And so when that stuff starts to happen to me, I just think about what I can do and I focus on, you know, like like you said, kind of grounding yourself on this is what I have control over. Let me focus on that and then kind of get through this and that, that emotion will, uh, will pass by. So that's why I think you said it first to me, um, that it's so important to breathe when you're up there, because if you focus on your breath, then you can kind of calm down and rationalize because you have to be kind of creativity in action mm. when you're up there and just be like in the flow and not, not even think too hard about it. Just go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said and a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of psychology, a lot of Zen thought that if you just breathe, you calm down. But people also forget to breathe when they climb because they're max effort pulling everything. And then it's like, hey, breathe. I think the other factor is that when you climb outside, it's not like you have these colorful little handholds. You know exactly mm-hmm. where you're going. Uh, there's definitely a lot more uh, improving at play where... Like, oh, do you got to test this hold. Oh, is this going to work? Oh, that's kind of tough. Let me try this other one. Yeah, our guide who took us, he explained, and I can fully attest to this, that you can easily turn a 5.8 route into a 5.10 by not grabbing the right rocks because it is, yeah, like at an indoor gym, everything's brightly colored. Follow this route. On rocks, it's you get the whole rock, which <laughs> means you get all the everything, but you can also miss the most obvious holds and make yourself have to stretch and finagle way more. So it, you can make a route harder than it needs to be. It's way easier to do that outdoor climbing. But I can personally attest to Izzy and I, probably our fourth or fifth. It, we, I thought it was our third date. I don't know. So our probably we've been together, and I don't know, for me it was just more brownie points for you that oh, you're confirming that you're outdoor and adventurous and can handle rugged activity like climbing. You handled it like a champ. And even as I was blowing you down, you were doing the cool SWAT team kicking off the wall and like fanning your arms out like it wasn't even phasing you. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, for me, it just reassured what I thought I knew about you and confirmed that, all right, she's spunky and up for a lot of fun, outdoorsy stuff and values her health, which is a big part of what I want in a companion. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, just the fact that you wanted to go do stuff was so great. And also the fact that you are so active. Does that mean that you've had people that you dated in the past where you didn't do anything? Yeah. Um, a few. I didn't know. I mean, I should have known that it was such an important part of myself um, to just be athletic and take care of my own body. 
having my partner also join me in that value has been like a huge slot fulfillment, uh, like a, almost like a void fulfillment because it's like we're on the same kind of lifestyle path. You know, I've had boyfriends in the past where they couldn't come play volleyball with me or they couldn't, they would have to, you know, kind of sit on the sidelines while I did a sport because they weren't comfortable with their own bodies. And because I loved them, I was like, oh, that's totally fine. Like you do you and I'll do me. But having you join me in what I love has been so much more fulfilling. You know, we're moving towards the same things, the same lifestyle. Just really good to have someone so closely aligned in those values, yeah. It amazes me that you'll thank me for things that I suggested we do. I know you're always like, oh, thanks for playing disc golf with me. It was like, well, it was my idea. But, <laughs> but yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I'm glad. Thank you. I'm like, I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> you came with me. You're the cool one that got into disc golf. I mean, I, I'm glad you're super grateful, but I'm, sometimes I feel a little selfish because it's like, I'm doing, we're doing what I want to do, but <laughs> you're thankful. You're thanking me. Like, how are you this thankful? How are you this selfless? <laughs> What's your secret? <laughs> I mean, I got a great boy. No, the other thing that I really love about you is that you are always willing to try new things and get better at things. Like you have a sense of curiosity for life that really drives you forward. You just want to be good at everything you do. And I think I also have that. That makes doing things with you more fun because it's like I have someone to hold myself up against. Like it's fun to compete with you a little bit. Competition's you know I mean? a healthy part of relationships, I think. I agree. I would love to be as good as Joseph is at volleyball. <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. That is my goal in life is to be, actually, I would love to be as good as our friend Hannah is when it comes to volleyball mm -hmm. in terms of feminine aspects when it comes to the sport. But if I was as good as Hannah was, then I would be the female equivalent of how Joseph is good as a man. I think I'm, I'm I the male Hannah. You're just, you're just Hannah, Joe. Joe, you're just <laughs> Hannah. Like. <laughs> Thanks, babe. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I don't know, I've been playing volleyball so long, so it's just, I feel like I should be better than I am. I have also been playing 12 years, <laughs> so. Your volleyball sweetness. For like on and off for like 15 years. He is a volleyball wizard. He's, I gave him the nickname Volleyball Sweetness, like. Pure Volleyball Sweetness. Very recently uh, the, the, the official it. name was Pure Volleyball Sweetness. Pure Volleyball Sweetness. Yes, no, uh, no corruption or anything. No, it, it's bona fide, one hundred percent grass-fed, <laughs> pure volleyball sweetness. Wow. You're, you're the female. Not, not the female. I'm the male Hannah. <laughs> this, these names getting thrown around. It's messing me up. But uh, you're the Walter Payton of volleyball because oh. he was sweetness. Oh, you guys are so mm -hmm. sweet. Chicago Bears, go Bears, bear down. <laughs> I will, I will root them on until they finally win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. We're going to be in the nursing home one day, hey, and we're going to be like, we're going to still be walking because they're so much older than we are, and we're going to be wheeling them. We're going to be like walking with our canes as we wheel them down the hallway, and, and Joy's going to be like, the bears will win before <laughs> I die, and I'm like, dude, you're going to die in like a year. The bears don't even exist anymore. <laughs> well, they're like the, one of the oldest franchises. They're, they're, they're here to stay, but I just, okay. I just picture me being like with night tremors in my old age, like. Yeah, we had Rex Grossman almost take <laughs> us to the Super Bowl. We almost had it, 2009. Yeah. <laughs> Curse you, Peyton Manning. <laughs> if that was the best the Bears ever did, like, there's nothing better after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
Well, any final little tidbits, thoughts, cheers? I really wanted to do my psychology experiment with you guys today. Izzy's got a psychology experiment. All right. Should I do it before we go? Yeah. Okay. We we'll just do. We'll just do one. Oh, yeah. We'll okay. try and do it really quick. Okay. So the it's not really an experiment. It's just a game, and um, you all tell me your favorite animal, and three reasons of how it makes you feel. Was it how it makes you feel, or three reasons why it's your favorite and how it makes you feel? It's yeah, why you love it, but why how you feel about it is the most important mm. thing. So three deep reasons about why you love it slash how it makes you feel. I've already done this. I can answer while you guys think about yeah. your answers. Yeah, if you I want. think that would be good. Just kind of get the yeah. feel for yeah. it. Yeah, you go and then I'll go. Because yeah, you, we've done this, but I'll spill it out for the listener. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Jebediah. If we have a listener named Jebediah, I just freaked him out right now. But anyway, my favorite animal is a moose. Mainly, and the reason, the way it makes me, f- I feel about moose. I think moose is also plural for moose. Meese, if I'm meese correct, and? you'd think it'd be meese, moose, but I think it is just. <laughs> I think it's just moose, like fish and fish, like moose. <laughs> it's moose. You're a fish. Mooses are the moose. I <laughs> are the best. Moose eye. <laughs> Here's why I love them so much. A lot of it, I think, early on stems from my affinity for Rocky and Bullwinkle as a kid. Old VHSs of the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, and Bullwinkle was just. A scream, just so funny to me as a kid. So already there, have a little fondness for moose. I would call that humor and nostalgia. Yes. So that's a big aspect. And it it blended into me liking moose in real life. And the other reasons are just, it's kind of rare to see a moose. I know they're here in Colorado. Since I've moved here, I haven't seen one yet. I've seen them a couple times in my life. So there's just a rare fascination about them. And they're super... You don't know, how, like, people don't realize how fierce they are. Like, they're very territorial, one of the most dangerous animals here. And I think I tie a little bit with that just in terms of territory and family bondage. My mom and dad are both one of eight, so I have, I literally, I say I literally have infinite cousins because somebody <laughs> new is pregnant <laughs> seemingly every month in my family. So my family's infinite. And I've never been in a fight, but there was one time with my cousin Stephanie that, the a girl, this, Stephanie, is yeah. Okay, wasn't in a fight with my. Stephanie. No, it wasn't. I wasn't oh, fighting okay. my cousin. I, was like, I wasn't fighting my cousin Stephanie. Uh-oh. I was beating up this chick. He's like, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, and he no. beat up his cousin Stephanie. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was at a bar with my cousins. <laughs> She's one of five sisters in my f- family, and there was this drunken asshole that was just like mouthing off and pissing off my cousins and it, and I've never been in a fight, but I remember that night being like, if this dude lays a hand on Stephanie or any of them, I'm tackling them. Like that's more characteristic yeah. of Johnny. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never, thankfully I've never had to fight anyone. I hope I never do, but for family, especially I was like, bro, if you do anything, I, I might not win, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I know my first move is te- spearing you into that table. So in short, that's why I like moose. I don't hit women or my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are three clear reasons? So clear reasons. Uh, they're just, there's a funny charm to me. There's a majestic charm to me. And I respect their family territorial, uh, why would you call that? Tendencies. 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 They yeah. pr- they're very protective. Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, similarly, uh, 
in values. My favorite animal is a big cat. Um, if I had to pick one, it might be a cheetah. Cheetahs are super fast. They're one of the fastest animals on the planet, if not the fastest. And I think that really plays to their uniqueness. And they're also incredibly loyal and protective of their young. They are super diehard mothers. They are also deeply emotional. There's this one story, old African story, that I heard that um, when a, like the first cheetah gained her spots because her cub was killed or lost and she could never find her cub, she cried for like 12 days and so much that her tears actually stained her face. So that's why cheetahs have like the... Little kind marks of running yeah, down the, their eyes, mm-hmm, running down their nose, um, and I loved that story because it showed <laughs> how much love a mother has. And so I would say, yes, protectiveness, loyalness, and emo- deeply emotional awareness or uh, emotional maturity. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I will go next because I want to. <laughs> Your last, uh, Joe. So to be super basic, I guess, is that my favorite animal has always been a horse. I have always just really enjoyed the idea of them. I did six years where I took lessons and rode hunter jumper. To me, they are extremely intelligent animals. They are well known to recognize people. They are well known to escape their... Um, enclosures because they can understand how the mechanisms works that keep them inside. They are also very strong animals. Mm -hmm. They're very powerful. And historically, they were the main form of transportation. They were hauling not only their people, but also all of the equipment and all of the shelters and everything that came with them and then you know they're incredibly smart in terms of like herding when it comes to like herding cattle or herding you know when they would hunt they're very good hunter animals the other piece of that was their freedom because when I would ride and we would go over jumps or we would just fly around the arena I always felt free like there was not a limitation to what I could do because when you jump on a horse it feels like flying (laughs) and Okay, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> um, my three values were intelligence, power, and freedom that comes mm-hmm. with a horse. And I promise I was not a weird horse girl. Mm-mm-mm, never. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that power is also one of my values. Like, you know, big cats have a lot of power in their shoulders and they can climb anything. My name's Izzy and I'm done talking. <laughs> power is nice. And uh, in the famous words of Jeff Winger as he was trying to while a damsel is who liked horses as she asked Jeff if he owned a horse and he just looks at her and says, can you really own a horse? (laughs) Swooned immediately. (laughs) They have to own you too. There is so much trust between horses and riders. It's unbelievable. And when people talk about, Oh, you know, the horse does all the work when you come to, when you're watching the Olympic, the summer Olympics for um, equestrian equestrian, work it is not at all how it is there's so much communication going on between the two that are just so minuscule that you're not even seeing it and let me tell you the leg workout it is crazy yeah you don't you don't want to actually sit on the saddle the whole time you want to like be using your legs to 
there's a difference. There's a difference between so if you're walking, you're kind of just sitting, and it's different between an English saddle and a Western saddle. I personally, because I rode hunter jumper, I rode an English saddle. Mm, so that's like popping up a lot. Yeah, so it's called posting. Um, and there's actually a specific way to post depending on which direction your horse is going around the arena. And if you're going to change sides of the arena that you're going around, you have to encourage them to switch. And it's almost like a hop, skip kind of thing. They like, um, they do do They do do You heard it here. And they switch. And then when you're jumping, you have to count. You have to count out because you don't want them to jump too close to the jump, and you don't want them to jump too far away from the jump. So you have to count your jumps. So you have to limit them to do short stride, like short canters or long canters, depending on how long those strides are going to take. So it's a lot of technical skill and then a lot of physical skill as well. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know anything about horse riding. Now I feel like I know so much. Now whenever I look at a horse, I'm going to think of Andy Bernard from The Office going, let it do. <laughs> Thank you. I'm but. so glad. My, right. ho- my horse trainer will be so excited I said that. <laughs> Very technical stuff there. But on, and on to Joe now, who right. has had plenty of time to think of his. Yes, uh, almost too much time. <laughs> almost too much time. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. Mm. Burn. But uh, uh, you be- it better be good. <laughs> so much pressure. Uh, for me, for a long time, it was wolves. But I think lately it's more foxes. Uh, I think a, a lot of it came from when I was, when I'd walk my dog Tango around the neighborhood, I'd actually see a fox every once in a while, just kind of from far away. Is that fox still in the neighborhood? I feel um, like I've seen it once. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a little while, but I'd, I'd see him at the park near the house and mm. kind of here and there. And and just seeing fox videos online, people that you know have domesticated foxes, uh, I just think they're really cute, but I also think they kind of still have that edge of wildness that... You know, dogs are more domesticated, so they're a little more docile. Mm. But foxes are still a little wild, and I, I appreciate that. So so three reasons, three things that stand out that you feel from foxes. Um, I think they're really beautiful animals. Uh, they're still wild, and I think they're sneaky and mysterious because they always run away whenever I see them. Sly as a fox, isn't that an idiom? You are none of those things. Well, it that's wasn't okay. what he wants to be. Well, that's yeah, what I, like. I love that's okay because I'm gonna tell you what this actually means. Get ready for a brain blast right now. Can you give me a drum roll sound, Johnny? I can give you a. Uh, that's the that's closest. The, that's the closest you're. I don't that's have like a, the end. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a drum roll. I don't have a drum roll ready. That's the closest. Right. I'm improvising. Mental drum roll. Okay, so <laughs> instead of your favorite animal, take that out and replace it with. The qualities of my ideal partner. So the things you said about the animals are what you like in your ideal partner. Your perception of what of the qualities that your ideal partner. It's a good thing I'm wild have. then. <laughs> I know. You're beautiful and wild. And Aww. you have red hair. And sly. <laughs> and you're sly. You're sneaky. You're so, so you're saying like, Joe, that's not you. It's like, well, I, I knew where this was going. I was like, <laughs> that's totally. It's, it's totally what he wants. And he's she's totally what she's snoop. You know what? I guess that's true too because I Joseph is incredibly intelligent. I wouldn't talk to him if he wasn't. Mm. Oh, and thanks, <laughs> and the other thing would be that you're secretly so powerful mm-hmm. when you're if I was playing against you in volleyball, I'd be like, "Oh, we don't have to worry about him." But then you like crush it, <laughs> and I'm just like, and your grip strength is like yesterday when I had you pinch my shoulder because it was hurting. I was like, "Oh, his grip strength is so powerful." <laughs> Um, power. But you also have this whole sense of like freedom too, obviously, because you were willing to make yourself free to find a better place for you. So 
Damn it, Izzy. Snaps to that. On the ball. Such All a right. good man. All right, you guys. You too. Joseph. Gross. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think Johnny reflects a lot of the qualities of big cats. Um, <laughs> you're a big sexy cat, too. You're, you're a big sexy cat. Sexy cat. No, but I think it's funny that I picked a cheetah before I even knew you. Like, a cheetah's been my favorite animal for a long time, and you come around and you're, like, super fast, and you ran in college, and Flash is your favorite superhero character. <laughs> but besides that, you're also extremely loyal and family is really important to you. Um, you're very loving and you hold my deep emotionality very well. Huzzah. It works. For me, uh, you're, you're my moose. What can I say? <laughs> you're, you're so you're, big. You're, you're, majest- you're big like a moose. You're, you're majestic. <laughs> yeah, you're not as gigantic as a moose. If you ever want to I'm check out... I'm big on the inside. If you ever want to check out how majestic she is, check out our Instagram or TikTok. And you can see how majestic her hair is. It is the <laughs> best thing. Best. It's usually up when I'm playing volleyball. But I mean, is it safe to say moose have the the manes of antlers? Because you have like a mane. Mm, I was thinking about that when I was looking at your you, moose picture they're the, today. They're the most, the coolest antlers. So they're like the mane of antlers. It works. You for heard me. that here. I'm coining that phrase right now. But yeah, you're majestic. I think you're funny. You make me laugh all the time. I think you're. Maybe not. I mean, you don't seek out violence or are territorial like a moose, but I could see her ripping eyes out for you. I would. Yeah, I, that's not rip eyes I, out. That's a little gory. But I know you defend me, so you're my instead of my muse, you're my moose. <laughs> oh, gross! Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm not the only majestic one. Like we're all very majestic. Just to be clear. <laughs> Well, that's great because <laughs> if you catch any snippets of this um, online, it is we are in our sweats and none of us have put on underwear today. So. Or showered. Or showered. <laughs> I have underwear on underneath my sweats. Raise your hand if you I, I, I will. Izzy and I do not have underwear <laughs> on under our sweats. Okay, good to Joseph, know. Joseph, no underwear? I have underwear on. <laughs> I, I'm ashamed to say. Uh, you know, maybe we're the only sane ones here, Joe. I don't know. Well, I, I feel as a guy... Going commandos. Yeah, like it's not uh, that great. You feel you, you're just out there. You don't. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we once again learned a lot about. Are ourselves. we going to do colors too, or is that? I think we can. We can do. There's two other elements we can ask. That'll be on next episode. So thank you for listening. We'll be back another time. Alyssa's freaking out because her cat came out of the bedroom. I brought Mila over to Joseph's house for the first time today, and she has not come downstairs on her own fruition all day long and she has just come down the stairs and i'm so proud of her all right we got cats to pet and uh spanks to have the rights to so <laughs> we'll talk to you later <laughs> say bye everybody bye this is team tango signing, signing off, off.